The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Welcome to the Grace in Focus radio program and podcast. Hope you're doing well today. Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates will continue from the last episode their look at Deuteronomy 6, verses 3 through 9. This is called the Shema, and is probably the most important of the Old Testament scriptures to any religious Jewish person. But it's also quite important to Christians to tell us on what basis God blesses us in our experience. Now stay tuned. At the end of this discussion, I'll tell you about our website, faithalone.org, and about some of the things that may be of interest to you there. Now, gentlemen, our discussion for the day. Welcome back to Grace and Focus. And uh, Ken, we didn't get a chance to finish Deuteronomy 6 yesterday, so where were we? We were on loving the Lord your God? Yes, verse 4 and verse 5. Verse you five. shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And it seems pretty clear to me that that's just talking about with your whole being. Well, just a quick point on that. Haven't you heard sermons where somebody's going to go through and they're going to make a big point about, here's how you love God with your soul, and here's how you love God with your heart, and here's how you love God with your strength. All that's well and good if that's what God intended us to understand from this. But if all it means is with all of your being, then we shouldn't be dissecting this like there's some kind of secret way in which you can love him with your heart that's different than loving him with your mind or different than loving him with your strength. You know what I'm saying? Sure. The terminology we use as evangelicals even, you'll hear evangelicals use, well, did you believe with your mind or did you believe with your heart? <laughs> yeah, right. You know, and you missed it by 18 inches, which is so ridiculous. And you hear it all the time. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. But he's telling us that we should love him with our whole being. By the way, in the next verse, he's talking about what that will look like. And these words, which I command you, I just want to stop right there in, in verse 6. He's talking about the Word of God. And obviously, there's a direct parallel for us today as believers. The Word of God is to play a vital role in our lives. Yeah. Now, Moses is what, 120 here? Yes. Uh huh. How soon is this before Moses is taken up on the mountain and dies? Is this days before Moses dies? Is this months? How, how long before? Yeah, this is very soon before he goes. I don't remember the exact time, but yes. So among the people that are present, aside from Joshua and Caleb, He's about the only one that's over 59. I mean, theoretically, you could have a few older people that, like Moses, are going to die. Very soon, right. Very soon. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, as we said yesterday, they're all 59 and under. Well, keep going. Sorry. Well, it says in verse 6, they shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. There's a parallel right there in Ephesians 6. Right. This is something that's not just for the law of Moses, that dispensation. It's for the church age, and it's going to be for the tribulation, and it's going to be for the millennium. And it went back to the age of innocence. I mean, if Adam and Eve had not sinned, they would have taught their children. And so it's always been the way it is that you're to instruct your children. In fact, this reminds me of Eli. Because Eli didn't do a good job of this. Right. And for us, for example, teaching the Word of God in our churches, and our homes, the things that the Lord requires of us, rewards that he's coming again soon. Because here in Deuteronomy, Moses is reminding the people as they're entering into the land, as we're going to see in following passages in Deuteronomy, there's a danger for them in the land. 
and they need to remember the things that the Lord has taught them. And we do. You know, we live in a day where we can be deceived, where there's dangers for us, and we need to be thinking and meditating and remembering what God has said. And keep in mind, Moses is the speaker here, but he is giving the words of God. He is giving the commands of God. That should be true today as well. A preacher or a teacher is only effective if he's proclaiming God's words accurately. We shouldn't be proclaiming our own ideas. Right. When I hear someone, quote unquote, preach, I'm not really interested in their stories or their experiences. I want to know what God's word has said. And that's what we should all think. Right. And the stories and the illustrations are only good to the degree they help us to understand or apply God's word, right? Right. And in the example of Israel in the Old Testament, they forgot. And there are serious consequences if we as God's people do not remember and meditate on God's word and what he has told us. Well, part of the problem here too, though, Ken, isn't it that we're not just hearing the word of God? The people of Israel weren't just hearing the word of God. They were also aware of the pagan nations. They were aware of the gods of the other nations. And so there was a temptation toward idolatry. Yes, and that's what's going to happen. As you know, that's what happens to the nation, and it destroys them. And that can happen today, right? Sure. I mean, people can be told all kinds of things that are contrary to Scripture, you know, special ways to be sanctified, special ways to be holy. You know, if you pray this special kind of prayer, if you get in a dark room and just get one word and kind of repeat that word over and over again, clear your mind, but say that word. If that sounds a little bit like Eastern meditative practices, it is. But that's become part of contemplative spirituality within the church. Lord willing, later we're going to do one of these podcasts, and Moses warns them about the false teachers, the false prophets, the those who are practicing divination in the land, sorcerers. And we have them today. We may not call them by those names, but the false teachers are out there. Right. Uh, Pseudo-spirituality, false gospels. There's tons of them. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not just here, but like you said, when you've been in other countries, you see it all the time there, too. All kinds of false teaching. Oh, yeah. On one of my recent trips, some Christians showed me a video of a guy who committed adultery, and somebody put a curse on him, and he was turning into a cow. (laughs) And so he was sitting on the ground mooing, and they had like this, he had a tail, and it was twitching behind him. You know, obviously just fake, but and obviously that's a graphic illustration of what we're talking about. But But the people believed it. Oh, absolutely. And unfortunately, even the people in the churches believed it, that because he had committed adultery, that this medicine man, I guess, had the power to inflict him with a demon that turned him into a cow and his front legs that were hooves, and they showed the video. And you look at it, and you come on. And Moses is going to warn the people here that when you go in the land, there's going to be that kind of thing. Right. And so they're to teach their children sound doctrine. Right, and what God has said, because it needs to be passed down. Because, again, Moses is telling the people, if you want to be blessed, these are the things you need to do. And if you forget them, you're going to be cursed. What a great testimony if our kids could say to us, I saw Christ in my parents or my, yeah, 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 the words of Christ. Sure. They, they, they instilled them in me. And I remember Poppy told me (laughs) such and so, or in in Serbian, Baba or Jeddo, uh, grandmother, grandfather is Baba and Jeddo. 
that they taught me such and so. And that's what Moses is passing down to this generation. And he goes on to say that this word that they're going to pass down to their children, you will talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Obviously, here he's talking about everyday life, everything you do in life. The word of God is to be central. When you get up in the morning, he's not saying literally when you lie down, you have to say a prayer. When you get up, you got to say a prayer. That's not bad, but it is to be the central focus of your life. This reminds me, I think it's Watchman Nee that has a book, Sit, Walk, Stand. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And, and it's he, not, I think it's based on Psalm 1, not this, but oh, yeah. you have the same basic idea here. In fact, I have those words circled. I've circled sit, walk, lie down, rise up, and it's kind of a merism, right? Mm-hmm. Merism meaning all the time. Exactly. The Word of God should be such a major part of our life, the decisions we make for example. That's what what he's saying. And they should be such that as we're teaching our children, it's just going to be natural because it's just part of our life. Sharon and I never had children, so we, did, we didn't have this blessing and we weren't able to do this. But you've had four children, four daughters. Mm-hmm. One of your daughters has gone to be with the Lord, and you've written a book about her called Elizabeth, right. which mm-hmm. should be coming out around the time people hear this. And if you check at faithalone.org, you can see it. But She and her sister both had handicaps, significant physical and to some degree mental handicaps. Right. And yet both of them delightful believers. Yes. Uh And you had practiced what this talks about with them, right? Well, I don't know how much I had impact on Elizabeth's life, but she was a strong believer, yes. And you would talk with her when you were, I mean, I realize you traveled with the Army, so you weren't there all the time, and Pam had the bigger influence. But still, y'all spoke with her and Amy all the time, and of course, Catherine and your other daughter as well. But you practiced this. You were teaching them about God's Word. Well, I certainly tried, yeah. But, I mean, it's neat to see because when I read your book, Elizabeth, she loved Jesus. Yeah, she really did. She was looking forward to being in heaven, and she was looking forward to a glorified body, right? Yeah, my daughter had cerebral palsy, and so the difficulties that she went through caused her, especially, I think, to look forward to that day when she had her glorified body. Yeah. And so it, it was not only that you were ministering to her, but she ministered to you as yeah, well. Yeah, she was. A, that's basically what the book is about. She was a, a great example for me. That's great. Well, you all need to get this book when it comes out because it's a very powerful book and it's a powerful testimony. So he says all the time you're to be teaching your children diligently. And then he talks about binding the scripture on your hand and between your eyes, on on the doorposts and on your gates. And again, this wasn't intended to be literal, although literal wouldn't be bad, but it was intended to be, you're taking God's word with you everywhere. Exactly. Right? The Orthodox took this literally where they would actually put it, from what I understand, on their on their hands. And like you said, you had a friend who had it on his doorpost and, yeah. and wear it on a headband on their forehead. Right. And someone could say, well, I've done that, so I'm carrying the word wherever I went. That would be a legalistic fulfillment of this. And obviously, that's not what the Lord's talking about. It should influence your decisions. You act because of what God has done for you and what his word says. Basically, the Christian life talking about during the church age, it's a battle for the mind, right? Right. And so the key is our worldview, the way we view the world. 
And what Moses is talking about here is the Jewish people should have been viewing the world through God's lens, through the way God taught, not the way the nations around them taught. Romans 12, 1 for us, right? Yeah, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And that's obviously through the Word of God. Amen. Well, thank you, Ken. Thank you all for uh, joining us. We'll continue our discussion of Deuteronomy. Keep grace in focus. Thank you, gentlemen, for that great discussion. Did you miss an episode of Grace in Focus that you really wanted to hear? Just come to faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. We have all our past episodes right there on the site. In addition, we have all kinds of free resources available for you. It's all designed to help you mature and grow in your understanding of Scripture. So come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On this program, we keep our requests for financial partners to a minimum. But if you are interested in becoming a financial partner with Grace in Focus, you can find out how to do that at faithalone.org. Our team is really great about answering questions, comments, and feedback. If you've got some, we hope to hear from you. Let me give you our email address so you can do just that. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next episode of Grace in Focus, we will continue our Deuteronomy commentary highlights, looking at Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 5. Don't forget God. Don't forget His Word. Don't forget His commandments. We hope you'll join us for that discussion. This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.